Hello and welcome to WonderPod, episode 198. We are two away from 200. I don't know. 200 is going to be important, and we've got plans in the works, but it may be pretty hard to top episode 197 from last week. Um, for those of you that listen to the show, the, there might have been something under that foghorn, and there might not have been. Did you actually listen to the cut of the show, John? I know Glace didn't because he was still sick as a dog. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't go back. I didn't get to go back this time. Yeah, I decided to put a foghorn into that particular chunk. Um, oh. There is no underlying audio. I'm not that stupid because I know how to. I I know how to peel apart layered bleeped audio. So if my dumbass knows how to do it, a lot of people know how to do it. <laughs> So, the thing that happened will remain in a dark vault on my backup drive until at such time as the backup drive explodes and then I've lost a bunch of fucking data. Uh, so, as you heard, John is with us again on the show this week. He's returned. I am, yes, I am, I am back on Canadian soil. Yes, he's returned. It's, it's, it's good to be. It's good to be back. He's returned from Texas, and he came back to the show, <laughs> even after <laughs> last week. So, and also joining us, he's no longer sick, near as I can tell. Uh, it's hard to tell in audio only. It's Glycinator. Yes, I am back, and I don't sound completely awful. <clears throat> so you're not patient zero. Yeah. No, I was last week, but. Well, one of the Left for Dead campaigns was, or one of the Left for Deads was in Louisiana, so you know maybe you could be patient zero. This is true. The start of it all. I'll be able to say I know who started the zombie apocalypse. Like that's really gonna matter for shit. <laughs> um, so you which... like a zombie metal? A zombie, <laughs> zombie metal. <laughs> New patient zero <laughs> before he turned. Um, See, no, I'm the hipster zombie because I was a zombie before everyone else was a zombie. <laughs> and then you got bored of it and turned back human later on. Yep. Maybe that's the cure for the zombie virus. Just infect a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> once every, once everybody's doing it, they'll get pissed off and ironically turn back to humans. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a really awesome. My work. Bit. <laughs> That's a really awesome bit we did right there. Hipsters being useful. Who the fuck knew? That actually would make kind of a comical short movie or video game of some type. Where that's how the new, the new season of Walking Dead ends. They cut they cut to a big herd of walkers, and there's one guy walking with like really tight pants and a scarf and big glasses, and he looks around and it's herd of zombies. He just starts like coming back to life again. He's just like, Ugh, what is this? Ugh. I'm conforming to society. <laughs> and he's got he's got to have the he's got to have the big disc ear disc earrings. Oh yeah, the hold in his ears. You yeah. know the uh, the ages. Yeah, yeah. I've got a cousin that's doing that, and I actually saw him take them out. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it was you know I, my line of work: gore, guts, a little bit of blood. Don't bother me at all. But seeing that was yeah, it was a little bit of ugh. <laughs> Kind of thing. I'm like, why? <laughs> why do you do that to yourself? Dude, I don't know. As a as a male, I feel like you shouldn't aspire to have more holes in your body than you already have. I don't have a problem with ear rings or piercings. 
Um, I, I, I'd like to think as a society we're over what John and I went through growing up with what earrings meant. But mm-hmm. having carrying around a spare tire that you could put on a Honda Accord doesn't make much <laughs> sense to me. You know, well, yeah, have you ever seen, actually, that'd be kind of awesome, talking hipster into getting it, so, you know what I'm talking about, the little donut spares, yep. mm-hmm. you know, that you're not supposed to do, like, over 45 miles an hour with, but I can accurately report they will do 65 for a while, um, the key word being for a while, or key phrase being for a while, um, that would actually be kind of awesome, I wonder, do we know any really stupid hipster, and I'm talking really stupid, not generally stupid, Anyway, enough hipster stuff. Um, John got a lot of the spotlight with his visit to Texas last week, so you're out. And I haven't played dick. Uh, so, Glexinator. Oh, but I do need to announce, there's going to be a couple things coming at the show, end of the show. We're going to talk about what we might do with episode 200. And it is the first time in a long time, and i got to guess, 60, 70 shows, the return of Gamer Dick. I have a Gamer Dick for this week. I don't have a name. But I do have a good rant. So, uh, since John, since you weren't here last week, Glaze, what have you been playing this week once you recovered from the zombie virus, ironically? Well, um, last week, during the middle of my infection that consumed me, I decided to stagger over to Walmart to go buy some stuff. And while I was there, I went over to the game section just because I was walking around. And I saw that the South Park game had just come out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just about to go back to my room and lay down on my bed. I might as well just freaking buy this because I'm bored out of my mind. And so, yeah, I picked up the South Park game. Uh, I've been playing it for a little bit. I played a little bit last week, and I played a little bit today. Uh, maybe about maybe an hour and a half in, two hours. I don't know. Um, it's pretty much what I expected it would be. Uh, for those of you that are curious about picking it up, I would say that's definitely more oriented towards South Park fans than video game RPG fans. I mean, it does poke fun at a lot of RPG elements, but it's definitely more of a silly reference to the show sort of game, more so than silly references to video games as a whole. Um, because you're, you're basically you're just walking around South Park like you're in the show, and you can go into people's houses and different areas that are in the show, and uh, you can like search for items and stuff that you can use for weapons and little combat um, there's all kinds of references to the show. I mean, uh, you can go around collecting Chim Pokemon. Uh, there's like 60 collectible figures or something. Uh, you can, uh, when you go in people's rooms and that are characters in the show, they have items that are specific to what they've done in the show. Like, I know in the show, Cartman's mom is, uh, secretly, like, a really big whore and always has sex with black men. And if you go in a room, there's always, like, these, these creepy dildos and stuff that you can take out as weapons and... All these references that sort of were freaky sometimes were always usually, usually pretty funny. Um, really, though, there hasn't been that much variety in what I've been doing. Basically, it just comes down to, okay, here's a quest. Go to this building. Talk to this person. Search the building for an item. Bring it to another building. Talk to that person. So hopefully that does get switched up more and more. Um, basically, most of your combat, it's, it's sort of like Paper Mario in terms of how it's turn-based and how you have to time your button presses with your attacks to do more damage. Um, where the game is really funny is in how it does its attacks and how you choose what you want to do. Um, 
there was a, I just was playing a little while ago and I went to a abandoned like UPS truck and inside there was a hobo and he was like level 30 hobo. And, uh, I killed him with my, uh, with, I'm, you, you play as a new kid in town. I killed him as me and I, Butters is on my team as well. And so we killed him and I was like, oh, well, that was easy. And then I didn't realize, but around him were these little rats. And you see rats around the town all over the place. But apparently these rats were also involved in the battle as well. And the rats were like 10 times higher level than the hobo was. And they were doing like 50 damage. And so it almost died to like these two little rats that I didn't even know were in the combat setting. So that was funny. And I also battled like this level 80 hobo for no reason. He's like, he throws bottles at you. Uh, a bunch of meth lab people tried to kill me earlier. But usually when you're fighting people, you're just fighting the other kids around town. All the, they're all playing like a little make-believe uh, like sor- uh, sorcerer and elves game. Um, what's really funny is when you start off the game and uh, you, you first start off, you go to Cartman's house and he introduces you to everyone and you start playing a game. Uh, you choose your class and you have four classes to choose from. You can either be a warrior, you can be a fighter, a thief, a mage, or a Jew. <laughs> Uh, I didn't pick Jew. I was tempted to, but I, I just wanted to see what the normal classes would do first. Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely a lot of little, little things that make it funny. Uh, you eventually go to input your name so that it shows up on your, your phone, which is your inventory screen. You type in your name, and then Cartman starts to talk. He goes, oh, so that's your name? Okay, douchebag. And so he just calls you douchebag. The rest of the game, all these kids around town call you douchebag or new kid. So I don't know if you input a different name because my name starts with D. I don't know if they'll say something else, but I don't know. It's, it's amusing. It's not that hard or anything, because after each battle, you heal back up health completely. But hopefully it gets harder later on, and there's more variety. But, I mean, it's, it's amusing. I don't know if I would suggest picking it up right now. I haven't seen enough to warrant a total purchase of it, but it's all right. So that's what I've been playing. I'm glad that they went less hardcore RPG with it. Because mm-hmm. my concern was fans of the show like you that don't like very traditional rigid RPGs would get turned off by that. And so, like, in its whole long development cycle, you know, because <clears throat> it was under THQ, they went bankrupt, somebody else bought it, yada yada, um, I was a little concerned that they would make it more RPG-centric. Because the thing about it is, as an RPG fan, as a hardcore RPG and MMORPG player, I personally will play things that are rpg light if if it's appealing, which South Park is. At this point, since I haven't watched the show in a number of years, I imagine there's going to be a lot of jokes I wouldn't get, like the Cartman's mom one, like you talked about the reason i didn't start hollering spoilers is because like if you don't know that about cartman's mom at this point it's not going to ruin your <laughs> enjoyment of the game um but i'm glad mm-hmm. to see that aspect that it yeah, is it's an definitely RPG. a lot more of a fan service game than it is a traditional rpg game for sure well other than rpg snobs which come on let's be honest you have snobs in every genre you know of gaming going uh, I think most players will will if they enjoy South Park will play it for what it is, rather than going why isn't this more you know because I mean uh, to me just the concept of making a South Park s- setting a serious RPG like you know like 
Mass Effect or, or uh, you know, Dragon Age, for for lack of a better example off the top of my head, you know, Baldur's Gate, stuff like that, Neverwinter. It doesn't make much sense. That that would kind of kill the enjoyment. Hell, you've got me wanting to buy it alone for the for the throwaway jokes of playing a Jew. Oh yeah, there's so many throwaway jokes. How did we? This is two, this is two weeks in a row we're tap dancing in a mile f- minefield. This is wonderful. Uh, there won't be any foghorn on this though. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well that's 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 cool. Keep. Keep us up to date. I want to know a little bit more what uh, what you what you think of it as you go along. I kind of had it pegged as maybe what if I see it on sale or like you talked mm-hmm. about. I'm wandering Walmart and want something new to play. You know, yeah, it was just an impulse buy. So right. I mean, I'm 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 thinking that it's going to start picking up uh, just because all the different you know cutscenes I've seen and trailers and whatnot. So. I mean, if it's a long game, then I think it'll be worth it. But if it if I end up flying through it, then uh, I don't know. So, well, and I mean, in in terms of long game, uh, you know, take a, take 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 the opportunities they give you. You know, the one thing I do a lot of times in hardcore RPGs that I'm really interested in seeing the story on is a lot of times I'll fly through it the first time just mainlining the story and then go back and play it again and take advantage of the side quests and opportunities and I imagine anything they put off oh no there's definitely a lot of side quests that's probably why it's taking so long because as soon as I get a side quest uh, I immediately do that before I go back to the main story uh, I just ran to Al Gore today, so that's... <laughs> see, that's I, I probably play it that way too, because like I said, a lot of times with good RPGs, you know, I I I want to know the story, so I'll play just main quest and skip side quests. With this game, I'd probably do what you're doing. You know, I'd I'd go off here and off there and off here and off there, um, and worry about the story as I get to it. So. All right, Master Kehoe, what have you been doing this week? I say, what have you been doing? Because could be games, could be wrestling, could be <laughs> could be a lot of things these days. Yeah. Well, I'm I am going to talk about games this week. Uh, I, I I think I'm, I mentioned this to the to the WonderPod Facebook group, but uh, we recently uh, started myself and Peter started playing a couple of new games this week. Uh, first, uh, we got we got back into Super Mario Sunshine. We uh, I mentioned before we we brought our our Wii upstairs to use as the, basically the Netflix box, and I had wondered at the time whether or not I'd actually start playing any of these GameCube games, which I guess got them on my mind. Uh, so, you know, what's the only Mario game, uh, certainly 3D Mario game that I haven't really played through uh, to completion, and that was Sunshine and. And so I figured uh, I'd see what Peter thought of it, bring it upstairs and pop it in. And uh, yeah, he likes it a lot, though he does he does find the controls a little bit uh, difficult to get used to, especially with when you can't uh, when you're shooting the flood uh, water pump that you can, that you know the ax- the axes are inverted uh, by default and you can't change them back. So you know he's shooting the he's shooting the ground a lot of times when he's trying to fire up and and. Um, but, you know, he, he likes running around. He likes the the new scenes, like you know, the the beaches and stuff. So you know, he's really enjoying it. Um, for my part, I, I've noticed that it looks really good on my CRT, which I haven't played it on in 
since I got the the 46 inch, because um, on that it looked like pretty much garbage, just you know pixelated stuff. So, because you're you know playing it through the Wii, playing it on the on the on the big screen, it's uh it's um yeah what can I say? It, it looks really really good. Uh, the I've 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 dabbled in Sunshine before, so nothing it nothing that we've done so far has been new, but. Uh, I can tell that I'm a better player uh, at you know at games than I was when I first started, when I first got Sunshine when I when I had my GameCube uh, because I'm I'm definitely getting used to the controls and I'm and getting around and 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 seeing the little things that you want that you're supposed to see uh, you know how to beat you know the quote unquote boss of a particular level and and, and make it through the game it's coming more naturally so. So maybe maybe I won't find I won't find the game uh, as perhaps frustrating as I did uh, initially, being the reason why I didn't uh, uh, finish it at the time. But yeah, I I I, I think I think it's uh, it's a very pretty game. Pretty game. The the colors are are, are very bright and vibrant. Uh, Glace mentioned that the, he likes the overworld on the on the on the group and and the the ambiance you like. Is that right, Glace? Is that the word you used? Yeah, it's just fun to walk around you know it yeah. feels alive a lot more than the other overworlds do yeah i mean i mean the galaxies i, th- I think the level designs of galaxies are are superior but definitely it has that better you know feeling of i, I would agree a feeling of being alive in a, in a, in a real world um and of course galaxy being in space so i guess it would be kind of empty but i uh I noticed a few things that I wish that Mario could do. Like he doesn't—he doesn't do the triple jump. Uh, he has some extra things that he can do, of course, because with the with the flood and stuff and flood and stuff. But uh, there's a couple of moves that I keep trying to go for to get up to certain ledges that I can't—I just can't do because they're just not there. And uh, but that's all right. You know, that's how kind of how it goes. So I—I I, uh, I think we've got ten ten shines so far. We're, you know, we're not—you're not too far into it, but. We're getting there. Uh, we're, we're collecting the blue coins and cashing a couple in. Uh, yeah, yeah. P- P- Peter's favorite one so far is the the beach. Um, there was a level where there was this giant, uh, where there was three three giant mirrors that you had to bounce things off of, to, and and uh, and and then when all the, the the three giant mirrors were free, they shine this light on this giant caterpillar that was on top of this tower and and free up the shine up there. Uh, that level, I, I can't remember the name now, which, which is why I'm describing it. But uh, that, that's Peter's favorite so far. He keeps going back to that one, and he, he likes the idea of, of, a, of a bad Mario running around that you have to catch and see what the, his deal is. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think I think we're going to enjoy it. And then finally, uh, the other big game um, that I've been playing with Peter is is the new Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze that I that I didn't think I was going to get uh, this this quickly, but uh, Peter, Peter and Wanda have been playing. Oh, I guess Wanda's been mostly playing um, Chibi Robo Park Patrol on on my on my 3DS, uh, which is a DS game uh, from from several years ago, and and uh, Peter really liked it. And we we didn't ha- we we gave away our old copy of Chibi Robo that we had for GameCube, which is what Wanda played first that got her into the series. Uh, we gave that to our nephew and. And he lives in another province, so uh, you know, Wanda suggested, well, why don't you see if you can find a copy of Chibi Robo around? If you can get, if you can find it for cheap, you know, maybe Peter would like that. And 
And I looked around. I went, I went to the. It wasn't an EB Games. Uh, EB around here doesn't carry GameCube games anymore. So uh, there's a, there's a sort of a, a shop called Entertainment Center that that uh, keeps the stock of old games, uh, old GameCube games, SNES, NES, and stuff. And they didn't have a copy of that, which was unfortunate. But um, what I ended up discovering is that they that they were carrying new games, of course, and. And they had Donkey Kong, and it was uh, ten. I, th- I thought it was twenty dollars cheaper, but it's ten dollars cheaper than anywhere else in the city. Um, so I was like, mm, maybe I'll get it now because Nintendo games don't tend to drop in price. So I'll take advantage of a deal when I can. So I, I got I got Donkey Kong and brought it home, and and uh, and right away, you know, just like the 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 3DS and Wii game, the, the Donkey, Kong, Donkey Kong Country Returns, uh, it's very difficult. <laughs> it's very challenging and. Uh, it's not as um, maybe unmerciful at, at times as as the, as the original Donkey Kong Country one. Uh, sorry, how can I put it? It's not as brutal as the 3DS version, or at, at the very least, maybe I'm a better player uh, after having played the 3DS now for a while. Uh, certainly, the early levels of of, of uh, Tropical Freeze uh, have been kinder to me than they have been to Peter. He he's definitely a, a balloon. Dr- uh, a balloon sink. He uh, he dies a lot. You can play co-op, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's three three characters you can be this time. Uh, Donkey Kong being on the gamepad, but you can also be the Diddy, Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong, or Cranky Kong. And each of them have their, their own uh, sort of power up or superpower. Diddy Kong, uh, just like in the other game, uh, he kind of has this, he has these rockets that kind of give you a little boost. Uh, the hover, um, Dixie Kong whips her 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 long hair around like a helicopter, so you get this little uh, bit of lift. Uh, so you jump, and then you kind of get like, almost like a double jump, uh, sort of a little bit. And Cranky Kong has a cane that he bounces on, kind of like uh, Scrooge McDuck in the Ducktales games. And so when you're playing single player, they're on your back, and so you get that that ability. When you're playing two player, uh, the other per- the person who's playing the other characters uh, gets their ability in Donkey Kong. Uh, does what Donkey Kong does, but then again, you can pick them up, and two of you can work, work together for a bit, and then separate again. So it's pretty cool. Um, what I will say about the game, what struck me uh, right away was how pretty it is. Uh, it's also very bright and vibrant. It's it's uh, very well animated. Um, it, it, it's like you're playing a, car, a 3D cartoon. It's I, I I think I said this before, but like like these games don't get. Like for some reason, Nintendo games on Wii U or or uh, and even 3DS, uh, for that matter, screenshots and video never do them justice as as when you're playing the real thing, like on the big TV and stuff. Because like the, the level of detail, like in, just in Donkey Kong's fur, like you can see, it's like you can see every strand. It's it's quite something, and and the way that the levels have this you know level of depth to them. Um, you know when he's walking along the you know, I can't remember the phenomenon, but you know how things up close move more slowly. The things in the back, or um, let me see the opposite. The thing, the things in the front move more quickly. The things in the back more slowly. And there's like there's not just two layers. There's like five or six between you and and the very back uh, of the of the you know of your view, uh, of of your perspective. And so there's there's a lot going on at once, and it it, it just looks phenomenal. Um, and then the other thing that struck me right away was the music, because in the in the 3DS one in the 3DS game at least uh, the music while it's a little varied it's 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 not uh, you know so far in the game where I am you know 
they're, they're on a lot of songs with, and a lot of them repeat. But in this one, like the the variety of the different types of music and from level to level, just in the same, uh, you know, from you go know, from world to world, uh, each level is is very unique and and very well orchestrated. Or like, some, but then again, some of them are like are really jazzy. Some of them are um, kind of kind of rockish, like. And it's, and it's all, and it's all really good. Like I'm here tapping my feet and 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 bobbing my head to the music, which, you know, it, it says something about the, you know the actual music that it's that good, um, and and so charming. Like you you just want to keep playing and playing and playing. And the game has a uh, a lot of unlockables. Um, they're not really important unlockables. Like their artwork and videos and stuff. Uh, there's no there's no achievements in here, so that, that doesn't you know whatever. But there are lots of secret uh, exits to to in levels to give you access to different worlds or different to other levels, I should say. And uh, like there's one right now. I'm on I'm on uh, world two, and there's this very obvious path to a, a level uh, to a to a, a lockable level, and I cannot find that bloody exit anywhere. I've played this level a zillion times. Uh, I've burned through a lot, uh, an awful lot of, of lives, uh, of balloons. Though that being said, uh, you lose a lot of lives, but you gain lives pretty quickly. So there's a pretty good balance. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting at 70 lives now, and I'm still dying a lot. Uh, and <laughs> because it's the, the kind of game it is, uh, you di- you die pretty frequently. Even at the simplest jumps, sometimes you think you've got it, but then something moves or something collapses underneath you you know it really there's really a sense of momentum in the game um wh- where i find i think i made a comparison of Donkey Kong Country Returns to Rayman and how Rayman had more of an ebb and flow to the to the to the gameplay where you could keep moving keep running and not stop and make it to the very very end of the game uh where country had a more starts and stops uh this one this one is a little more like Rayman in, in his design uh, to, keep, to keep to keep you moving and 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 is constantly throwing new things at you. Um, you know, even some things as simple as the, the one of those old uh, minecart levels that you, fl- you you just go through. Well, in this one, they're they're much more like um, they remind me of the running levels of Rayman actually, where it's just you just go go go, uh, f- you know, flying your way through the. Yeah, not flying, but you know, zipping your way through the level. But instead of just being on a cart, you'll switch from a cart to a boat, uh, and that when you jump, you kind of sink down in the water a bit. So you kind of have to time your upward jumps to get a dive into the water and come back up again. And it, it, it makes you, and it really makes you think about the level as, as a whole and how, and how you're going to get through. Like, there's more strategy involved, which I really, really like. Um, it's it's almost like a like a runner level, like a um, Runner two level to a certain extent, uh, you know. If you make a mistake, at least at least in this one you get, you know, you actually get your two hearts. If you don't, you don't, you don't die right away when you hit a wall or an enemy. Uh, you, you do get a chance to recover and pick up a heart along the way. So you know, it's another case of of if you've got a Wii U, uh, you know, this is a game you should really get. I, I'm I'm only on I'm only on the the um, the second world, and I can tell that I'm gonna I'm gonna just be in love with this game uh, even more, you know, more so than the, than 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 returns. Uh, so, um, well, I was going to say something. Um, I had a thought that I just lost. Shit. Uh, 
Yeah, well, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have been that important. So, yeah, it, it's a great game for Wii U. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Uh, it, back to the challenge the challenge level. Uh, it's, it's honestly too hard for Peter. Uh, he, you know, he, he kind of gets fed up after a little while. But that being said, you know, from for me and and my school level, I'm I'm really enjoying it, and you know, it's I, I'm actually surprised at how hardcore this game is because it, it's very much so. But you know, if you want a challenge, get it, and that's it. That's what I've been playing. You know, it's interesting because I my general shtick would be to give you a bunch of shit about buying a game that you didn't think you were going to buy, and da 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 da, because we. We, the three of us, all fall to that every time. But you did a masterful job of waffle dancing. <laughs> when when we talked about it initially, when I brought up the trailer that I posted, because I was impressed. The colors were a little too bright for me, even with Tropical, but the syncing of the music and the fact that it's one of the few games I've watched a trailer for where like, I watched it a second time just to listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is al- almost never happens with me, you know. I-, I suspected that the sirens call would get you, and when I saw your little blurb on Facebook, I'm like, yeah, that's about right, <laughs> you know, because I- I- it's actually very similar to Glaze walking around in a cold-induced haze, you know, picking up South Park. I mean, and you kind of had d- said that when I asked you about it. I don't know if we asked. I don't know if I asked you when we were recording it or not, but you know. Because I'd seen it, or maybe it was in our Facebook chats. Uh, you know, I watched it, and I was like, wow. And, of course, I, I got to actually ask Pat Mann whether he's was going to pick up anything like that. Because since he's gotten the Xbox One, the Wii U's kind of went by the wayside. And, of course, he doesn't have as much time for gaming as he used to. But uh, I, I suspect he'll he'll get caught up on Wii U stuff sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're really rounding out the library. It, it's perhaps it's still a little bit slow, but you know, there are there are things to play that'll keep you occupied for a good while. Well, and I mean, any more owning one single gaming device, if you're financially able, you're almost cutting you're almost cutting yourself short. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as much of a PC binge as I've been on, I've thought about getting. Uh, you know, South Park Stick of Truth for the 360. Um, looking again at getting maybe an, a, a PS3 or a used PS3 to round out my collection, which is going to get kind of interesting with some of the other things we're going to talk about tonight if we ever get there. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's 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 getting there. It probably could have got there a lot faster and done them a lot more favors, but um, as for me, I've just been playing Worm Online. It's funny, I put up that video finally of my village um and i as of tonight this evening like probably 30 minutes before the show not an hour before the show i sold the damn thing (laughs) to another player now that's pending him showing up tomorrow and me getting cash and him getting her in-game cash and him getting you know the paperwork but um i i it's funny i've got a friend who's become become a pretty good friend uh, that lives in the northern part of the server while I live in this used to live in the southern part and for three months he's been trying to get me up there to 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 
live a lot closer to where he's at. And I got to admit, it's got its benefits. Dude's got mad skills when it comes to blacksmithing and weaponsmithing and other things that are important in Worm that I won't bore you to tears with. But um, the, the downside, I suppose, to what I'm doing right now in Worm is the fact that I'm closer to the spawn point where all the new people come in. And we may have to adjust my living location as we go forward. Because as I said, I have a gamer dick this weekend. It involves Worm Online. Um, but really, that's that's it for, for that. Uh, I played a little more Banish. But unfortunately, as often happens when you tinker with PCs, that video card that I bought had a fatal flaw. And so I had to send it back to company. So playing any games on my old crappier video card has kind of been frustrating. It's kind of like once you see what's possible, you really don't want to go back. It, it'd kind of be like having a PS4 or an Xbox One and then be having that taken away and told, here, you get a PS1 or an Xbox, and that's all you get. <laughs> you know, you'd still have fun because it's gaming, and that's what it's supposed to be, but you'd really be longing for something different and something better. <laughs> Um, but the one thing I have watched, and I don't know if I, again, I don't know if I said it on the show, but you mentioned it in passing, John. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars is on Netflix. All six seasons, or maybe the sixth one's Netflix only. I forget how it worked. Yeah, I think I think they've got, yeah, I, th- I think it's Netflix exclusive. Is the, is the sixth one? I think so. And I was laying in bed after a long day at work and I was trying to find something to watch on Netflix and their new little, uh, at least for Netflix US, their new little watch this thing that's on top of the recommended for you thing that's on top of your instant quay or Q uh, or whatever. Uh, and I saw Star Wars Gold Wars. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a cartoon. It's a kid's cartoon. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll watch it. I'm like half asleep anyway. You know, my goal every night is not falling asleep with my damn tablet on my chest. <laughs> um, and I'm hooked. The, it's, it's again, and I should remember this because about a decade ago, a very special lady in my life at the time reminded me that cartoons aren't necessarily for kids. Even even, even as an adult, the, you know, like Shrek and, and, and a lot of the Pixar and, and, and Disney stuff these days. Um, and, and Star Wars The Clone Wars is very much the same way. It's kid-friendly, but it's definitely worth watching. It's a wee bit cheesy. Uh, at times, I just had saw an episode that involved Jar Jar Binks that I was watching before the show. Um, he's not nearly as annoying in the cartoon as he is, cartoon setting as he was in the movie setting, but... I'm hoping that he's not on too many of them, but I but I'm enjoying it. I I'm truly enjoying it in and seeing this take on the Star Wars universe, um, and and the time period it's set in, and I know enough about the universe now between playing video games and the movies and things that 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 it's been very much a, a an interesting experience, and I suspect that I will plow through six seasons of them. And nothing flat. I usually usually watch about two a night before bed. Mm. I can't say I've watched a lot of the Clone Wars, but certainly what I've seen, uh, it's it, it, even from a, from a storytelling point of view, it's it's a little. I find it a little more satisfying than even the, 
some of the some of the new trilogy the, the the newer trilogy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, don't it, put it, a it, number it, on it. We fucked that up. I fucked that up bad enough <laughs> last week. It it kind it, it kind of you know it, it's it, it it makes me think like if the movies had been more about the Clone Wars themselves rather than right. you know the outskirts of it you know that that the movies could have been a little more interesting but it feels a little too compressed sometimes would be my only complaint about it like yeah. like I've I, like I've watched it and I'm only still in the first season like I've watched episodes where the ending felt rushed to wrap it up. And at times they almost have like a "What did we learn today?" kids kind of ending to it. Uh, okay. You know, and so I, I, I'm not gonna necessarily say that's a knock on it, but I, it just leads me to wonder, being a hack writer myself, what could you do if the format was enlarged? Whether if it was like more like an hour. See what I'm saying? I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I'm thinking that in some cases stories they're trying to present. Aren't fleshed, can't be fleshed out enough in 30 minutes or what? I, Netflix has it down to like the second, something like 24 minutes and 38 seconds or some silly ass shit. <laughs> you know, gotta sell breakfast cereal uh, or whatever they're selling these days. <laughs> Glace, uh, have you have you watched it at all? I had um, a DVD. I think it was one of the movies that they put out. Uh, I just remember he like goes off on some journey to go train with some like weird yak people, and uh, General Grievous is in it as well in the in the beginning. Robot General Grievous. Yeah, I always liked his character design in the cartoon. The character design of of Grievous is very menacing. It would be very menacing to a kid. The 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 kind of flesh tone underlay on his mat on his eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's total droid on the front, and then there's that kind of baggy flesh tone, like at the bottom of the eyes. It gives it a very, very, very menacing, um, very menacing look to Grievous. I mean, it it kind of I don't know how it was in the DVD that you watched, but they strike the right balance because the the, the droid troopers are just incompetent dipshits. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, and I always laugh out loud, whether it makes me a lunatic dork or not. I always laugh out loud because, like, what at least once an episode, Grievous knocks the head off one because they're being stupid. I remember it now. It's uh, the way that they introduce General Grievous. They also introduce or explain why he has that weird breathing problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he's smoking. Yeah, I think for... he was running away with some of his droids or something. And I think Mace Windu uh, grabbed like force through something into his chest while he was running away. And that's what made him like start breathing really weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's interesting. I, I was just looking for something to kill time with or, you know, drift off to sleep with more or less. And, and I've gotten hooked on it. I'll, I'll watch some more. And if it's, if I feel there's anything worth sharing with the, with the cast and with the, with the audience, I'll I'll bring it up here in a in another episode. Um, yeah, the uh, the 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 highlight I think of the show, at least in terms of buzz, is some of the things that they do to uh, how they how they play with the Darth Maul character a little bit. So yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, he's not been introduced yet. I'm I'm 
it's funny because I don't know the universe well enough. Sometimes it'll take me 35, 40 seconds to realize who this is, who that is, who this is. Um, she was, in fact, uh, Padme was talking to a, the chancellor that they have not named today in the, in the episode I watched before I, before we did start the show. And I'm like, Oh, well, it's the fucking emperor. Hello. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he, and, and he's been on in hollow communicator form once before. And it's like, you know, you you have all the pieces. It's kind of like putting the puzzle together for somebody like me. You have all the pieces. It's just putting them in the right order and understanding what the hell it's trying to tell you. You know, and in a way, they may have written it that way for adults that have that are are far bigger fans of the series, you know, or the Star Wars franchise in general. Um, you have little hints and, and things of that nature. Yeah, there hasn't been too many characters introduced. It's it's. It's 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 pretty early on in the first season, so they're kind of just getting their wheels rolling, and they did, they've done well with it. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's what we've been playing and watching. Um, the thing I hit you up, you guys up with at the last minute was the fact that Titan falls out. Um, the online only shooter from Respawn that we did a story a few weeks back where I ripped on Respawn for having some of the most ludicrous and cheesy ass. Excuses for not putting a single-player campaign into it. Our very own Pat Man has been playing it. Uh, he has videos on Facebook right now, but I don't know if he's put them on WonderPotOnline.com, our awesome website you should visit. Um, let's see here. Nope. Nope. No, he's still got the Project Spark bait up, which you should actually also watch, especially you two. Um, I'm kind of interested more in Project Spark now after he's been playing around in the beta. Um, but they, they have this, what's known as a multiplayer campaign. And of course, when you read the reviews for Titanfall, it runs the gamut of, gamut of the Metacritic fill, fill, filler sites. You know, the ones that you've never heard of, but they gave it a 9 or a 10 so that the average stays nice and high. Um, at least as far as I'm concerned, that's what they're used for. But it's what I found interesting is most of the people reviewers, including Adam Sessler, actually, um, and a couple others, really think they did a big swing and a miss with this supposed online campaign, multiplayer campaign. And basically what it is is they attempt attempt to tell you a story with some cutscenes before and after a a multiplayer match, whether that be Deathmatch or Capture Point, which I think they're calling Hardpoint or something. Um... And and so I'm 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 not sure I really want to talk about why respawn sh- stuffed that in there. Uh, I I'm still having issues with the fact that for sixty dollars I only get half a game and I can't even play with Pat Man because he's on the Xbox One and I'm on 360 or PC. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm not on PC at this right at the moment. Um, so I'm not really sure I want to I, I want I want to delve into that. Uh, Pat's thing is after having played the game that this campaign's kind of a, a worse a lame ass worse sorry attempt. Uh, but my question is for you gentlemen, now that I've done that long and involved intro, and you're f- more than welcome to ask any questions or or have me clear it up even worse. And I yes I said that the correct way uh, or the way I meant to is can you do some kind of story or campaign 
in a clear and concise way in a in a multiplayer shooter like a, a Titanfall because like I was starting to say the one complaint I've seen is that the story really didn't make much sense and you're really more worried about starting the next map to kill dudes and smash them with titans than your storyline so you know MMOs do this obviously you know massive multiplayer online only games do do uh, are able to do this but in a shooter setting, can something like what Respawn tried here be done and satisfying and, and feel like you got a, a, a good story and a better understanding of the world and why you're fighting? Glace, let's start with you. In terms of just single player? No, no. Not single player. No, no. There, no single player. I'm talking during the... I, I had a feeling. I could not... I, I struggled for like the last three hours trying to figure out a good way to explain this. Basically, what Titanfall does is you get a little piece of story through yeah, cuts. Right. And and a lot of people have said that that really didn't work all that well. Can it like be made it, to work well? Yes, I think it can. I don't think that Respawn put forth the effort to make it work well because they knew everyone was just going to hop on multiplayer and just sit on that the entire time. Well, right, because, yeah, but it is multi... It, it, you, yeah, it is multiplayer, but it's not competitive multiplayer. I think there are a lot more people out there that enjoy actively competing against someone rather than working together with a stranger, especially because it's a stranger in the first place. So we got our wires crossed somewhere because these, these campaign scenes take place in all of the online matches, from what I know. Wait. So the campaign is competitive. What? Uh, oh yeah, this maybe. Is, that's why no one's playing it because no one understands what it is. Yeah, yeah. The 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 basically you they attempt to tell you a story while you're trying to play a deathmatch or a or a capture point. Oh, it's, you it's, mean it's, the, the little objective things that they have? What? Like like run back to the ship like uh, in Pat's video? Well, like, no, no. It, yeah, it, when that happens, when the match ends, is when you get a little bit more of a glimpse at the story and why you're fighting. Yeah, sometimes it's you know. It, it, well, but it's not really it, a story. That's just more of a. What you're trying to say is that it tries to set up a series of a series of circumstances of, of connected circumstances to why you would have a multi a multi a multi person fight, and then after it's over, it leads into another storyline bit. Like the, the it's it's the. Oh, <clears throat> the, match, the, the match is funneled into the next storyline bit so that you can have a, a reason to have another multi-person fight. Well, I guess that's nice, but I don't think the majority of people even remotely give a shit about that. I mean, I watched my brother play. He wasn't paying attention to what anyone was saying. So I think the majority of people that are playing the game could care less whether or not it's, it's, uh, it works together with the overlying goal or story so you think it's, it's just it, nice that it does it i'm not complaining that it does it it's, but you think it's it, it, in terms of telling a, a true story in lieu of single player it's a lost cause with shooter fans yeah for the people that i imagine playing titanfall i can't really imagine them getting excited over the lore of the story it's it's i mean it's not a halo there's not 
from what I've seen, there isn't really a character to connect with that you really care about moving on in a story. It's just a bunch of people blowing each other up. And there's some war backstory with robots. But most of the people just want to get in giant mechs and blow each other up. So that's what they'll probably do. <laughs> the, the audience may not understand a damn thing that I tried to explain in the last 10 minutes, but what what you, how hard it was to explain it to you with, with a... Uh, a well-timed assist from John tells me, or, or at least confirms to me why so many reviewers are just gone. Yeah, it was kind of pointless. Great game, but yeah, it was kind of pointless. Because it, e- even if you paid attention, apparently, it didn't explain much. It didn't give you more of a sense of what you were fighting for. You know? Whereas in a Halo campaign, or even Battlefield Bad Company for that matter... You know, you got a sense of what you're fighting for, and and why you're fighting. But but I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, John, what's your take on any of this? Yeah, well, the the question to me becomes, you know, I mean, a I I would say for Titanfall, it's secondary. People don't really don't give a crap about it. But the the more interesting question to me is, uh, can it be done? And I think in 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 the in the, in the in the box of cooperative multiplayer, it makes a little more sense to me. Like everyone who's playing has an objective, and you can and you can you know you're a team doing this you know following through the through this story, with a multiplayer map where there's winners and losers and every and people are on opposing teams. I, you know you know my, my, maybe it's my ignorance but I, for not having watched it, but or or, or looked into it, but. Like what happens to the losers at the end of a multiplayer matchup, at, at, you know, going into the next story? Do you do you just spawn into the next group of people in the in the following map, or you know, I mean, that's not a story. That's that's that, that you know, that's just you know, means to an end to get you to the next to the next map. Well, that I can't answer that question. Reading uh, Chris Carter, I think his name is from Destructoid, who reviewed it and wrote a wrote a post, I doubt I could find it. I didn't think the post would be all that helpful, so I didn't keep it. Yeah, um, yeah there really isn't, like, there's no sense of losing. Like, basically, yeah. if you're trying to capture a fuel point, which is some game type, uh, the, the, then you will not, you know, you don't you don't feel like you've lost it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, you don't mm-hmm. feel like you've lost... Um, you know, you've lost anything because it just is like, well, we'll do better getting that fuel next time, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, to have to have a compelling story, you need to have stakes, and I don't know how you build that into a multiplayer map where everybody, you know, gets gets to continue on with, with you know, and like like you say, I, I was wondering if it, you know, you you're having this battle and it builds and builds and builds to a cutscene before anybody can actually There's loot. that post. Before someone will actually lose, it goes into a cutscene. But that 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 would be annoying, you know. Right. Which well, is why, why, why I think incorporating a story into a, a multiplayer co-op game may, makes more sense. I really, you know, Pat's thing that he said multiple times, and I understand he bought it day one, and he 
told me that with his limited gaming time, that's what he was going to play. And I might have been there with him, even with my misgivings about it, if him and I could have played together. That might have been a $60 value to me, to be able to, after a long hiatus, play a shooter with him. Although this shooter looks a little too twitchy and and Halo-like for my taste anymore. Um, You know, and and, and I just have a feeling that once people learn... I mean, they're already having problems with PC, with aimbots and hacks. And I think once console players learn how to abuse them, actually it'll become a spawn-killing fucking nightmare that I just don't have the patience to deal with anymore. But that's, I mean, that's my problem, I think, too, John, is there has to be some kind of incentive or disincentive to winning and losing. Yeah. With our age bracket to make it compelling for us. But then you get down into kind of Glacier's age bracket and even younger, and they don't give a shit. They're the ones that respawn, and and I'm... No offense, Glaze, but I, I I still see them as the minority. They scream the loudest about how they never play single player, even though I think oftentimes a lot of them do. Um, uh, you know, and so it, it, it to to justify not putting this in. But here's another interesting aspect that Pat keeps talking about. They're the first out of the gate. They had a hell of a lot of leeway to do whatever they wanted. Would they have done this if Destiny had been closer or the next COD? Because I'm not seeing stories everywhere that this sold $1 billion worth of copies day one, you know, like COD does every year. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think it did with Ghost. Um, here's a good example, Glace. If you, if you want to give some final comments, I just pulled it out of this story that I linked for you guys. And I apologize. I didn't think at the time the story would be helpful but as hard as that was to explain when it actually had to come out of my mouth i think it would have been um it's really easy to think it in your head but to get it from the brain (laughs) to the mouth in a way that makes sense not always my strong suit anyways this is a chunk from chris carter's post i think that's his name yeah uh you'll experience the story is either the imc interstellar manufacturing corporation or the militia which are barely given any real motivations or anything to have you invested in either one from the get-go. In matchmaking lobby for the first mission, you're given a small briefing on what to expect from an official on either side. For example, a fueling run in the first level, then off you go into a hardpoint domination capture the points map. Then you'll play that hardpoint match, and in the end you'll get a few seconds of dialogue like, oh man, we totally missed out on that fuel. On to the next map, or good work, soldier, we got the fuel. On to the next map. Then some important story character will pop up and basically try to explain why they're important. Yep, they're essentially as far that yep that is essentially as far as the story goes throughout the game. And in, in in the aforementioned level, the IMC needs fuel, so you need to capture the points. Blah blah blah. And the way he's talking there, and we could clarify that. Um, uh, it, it sounds like maybe maybe there is just straight up shoot dudes in the face and spawn kill and um and then a campaign but yeah it's almost like it's a um i'll compare it to dead space where you where you go from kill room to kill room with a little bit of you know exposition in between each one you know what i mean like or like a resident evil is that there's no bosses you're just fighting other people so to John's question, which is what I was kind of asking too, Glace, do you still think it's not 
it's not possible at all given what you've seen or 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 you got any different thoughts after what John For future games or for Titanfall? Future games. Oh, it's entirely possible for future games. You just have to have the right mentality when going into the game. Uh, that might not make a lot of sense, but I mean, if you market a game more so towards it just being an online uh, shoot fest, then people are, that's why people are going to get it. If you market it more of a, hey, this is the story, this is what we're about, follow this follow this character through this environment, follow these people through this and through this world, then people are going to be more drawn to that. I mean, that's why people like Mass Effect, and people bought Mass Effect because they're interested in finding out what happened. So, I mean, it's all in what you put forward as more important, I think, in your marketing campaign. And I don't think Timefall really had anything... I didn't really see anything about story in any commercials I saw for it anywhere. It was all just, you can run on walls and call down giant robots, and that's perfectly fine, because... That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, and I think it was Vince West. I apologize if it was that pal. It was one of those two. One of the main founders that left Infinity Ward has retired now, and the other is still running the ship. Spent a lot of time trashing single player and saying only 5% of players complete a single player campaign, which I think is a bullshit PR number. Um, if you think different, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, but so I, 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 there's something we're not getting here about why they put this supposed campaign in. If single player is such a useless, never, ne- never played through thing in shooters, you know, I, I there's some piece of the puzzle or or some tidbit that either I've overlooked or has not come out as to why they even attempted this. But uh, I I don't think I don't think you can do it in a multiplayer only. Um multiplayer only match or or to, or multiplayer only type setting with shooters. I think to tell any kind of story at all you kind you kind of need to have a single player or if at, at most cooperative co-op type setting you know i mean because you whether the first couple of halos were all that great story-wise or not i mean they got better over time that has to be single player doesn't it glaze while they got popular well, no, 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 no. To tell the story they've told in all five Halos or four Halos, that had to be done in single player. There's no way yeah, you... It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but even then, though, most... Single player was cooperative. Right. Yeah, we you played. Could, we played. You, yeah, you can play through the whole Halo series story-wise with another person. So... Why can't you do that with six people? I think the problem is is when you get competitiveness involved and people start competing, they don't really care about what's going on around them. It's more so I just want to win. Well, that happens anyway because how many times? I mean, that's Battlefield yeah, Three. That's not, true. Yeah, Battlefield Three. Not this campaign wasn't what killed me. It was just too many games, too many battlefields in a row. Of people not wanting to play the game type. Hmm. You know, we're playing Capture Point, or whatever the fuck they called it in Battlefield, I forget now. 
you know, capture the three points, hold them, and you got dickheads playing deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, though, is with Halo, I guess, and campaign, is you can only play with friends. So, I don't know. When you get, ran- when you get random people involved, it, the experience becomes really diluted in terms of following a story. Well, right, and I, but I mean, in my, in that case, I just meant that if if they can't if they can't even play the multiplayer game types as intended, you know, just being selfish dipshits, running off being a sniper when you're trying to keep control of a point, how can you expect them to do anything in a in a campaign setting? I don't know. The more I hear about this, and the more that people that the reviewers are starting to poo poo it, I don't. I I was a little concerned the last time we talked about Titanfall of of the death of single player. I don't. I I think they're going to continue to attempt things like this, but I don't think. I don't think there was overwhelming love for what they did, to allow them. To try it again. Um, and, and like Pat said, I think the fact that re- that Titanfall was out by itself and it's at Xbox one exclusive, uh, you know, kind of limits, uh, but I just was curious cause I mean, we do it in MMOs obviously, but the story is the thing. Even if you're going for the highest level gear, you kind of pay attention to the, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to pay attention to the story to get to the end game in an MMO. Okay, so the next one, uh, next thing I want to talk about tonight. They have revealed the potential PlayStation Now pricing, which is the the streaming service where you can play PS3, PS, uh, PS3 games on your PS4. Well, it's not just PS3, but I suspect it will be PS2 and one as well at some point. Um, the pricing is said to be. This story's got four ninety nine for for uh, Uncharted three and five ninety nine for Far Cry three, but I've seen elsewhere between three and six dollars per game. Um, for, for for PlayStation now, you of course get down here into the comments. It's a Sony fanboy festival. Um, somebody got their ass chewed for daring to, that Sony calls something gold because Microsoft does. But um, my question is, oh, the other thing for, for, for folks like Glacinator, did I see it in this article uh, or was it another article? They're talking about a low latency, low latency, high quality gaming experience, but somewhere, it may not be in this article, I saw the, the factoid that you're most likely going to need at least a five megabyte a second connection for it to work. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Uh, for a low latency, high quality gaming experience, Sony recommends that PS Now users have at least a five meg a second connection. And they got a beta ongoing. Um, John, do you... Mm. What what are your thoughts on the pricing of this? Is this making you think I'll trade in my PS3 for a four, or is it making you think I'll keep my PS3 even if I get a four? Uh, I think I, th- I read here that one of the options might be a full library access by a subscription fee. 
that might be more appealing to me than a than a game by game rental, depending on how what, what rental means. Like, is it six dollars for a certain amount of time, presumably, or is it six dollars to till I finish it? Or like, it doesn't really. And at least in this one particular article, I don't I don't see it anyway where it says what that means. Like I, I, you know, I mean, some of these games, Uncharted Three for five bucks, Fire Cry Three for six bucks. I mean, you can buy Fire Cry Three for six bucks. I would say relatively easily by disc. You know, does, you know, what? So what does it mean? <laughs> but if if it was a full library uh, rental fee, like you know, the you know, ten dollars a month or whatever, you know, like a like a Netflix type thing, like this this, I think there's potential here for the, this to be the you know the Netflix of video games, uh, if they wanted it to be, if if they had if they had enough you know games to support it, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little standoffish only because I don't know what rental implies here. Well, and then you have and we're going to get into that in the next story or next bit. Uh, you have people going, well, I I already own the game, can I put it in my PS4 and get the experience for free? Let me do a public service announcement, tangent public service announcement. It's a different architecture. PS3 discs are not compatible with the architecture on the PS4. They're not doing it to rake more money out of you for once. I could have understood two months ago when this bellyaching was going on, but the time is now for you to fuck off. The x86 architecture is Apple's and the old PS3 architecture that I can't even remember what the fuck chipset bullshit it runs is hand grenades. The cell. Thank you. So that I had to get that out of my system with that stupid-ass comment. Because one, one other commenter goes, although the answer should be yes. Well, yeah, if you cram it in there with a hammer and pray to the gods, maybe it'll run. I mean, at least this time companies have a legitimate reasoning you know, ex- you'd have an easier time hacking the damn thing or modifying the damn thing to run PC games than you would PS3 games with Xbox One or the or the Sony PlayStation. So you're standoffish because this is just kind of a rumor and there's no um, no hard price point. I've heard some people whispering the Netflix of gaming, uh, yeah, kind of deal too. Uh, and 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 once this leak came out. To me, this was a, uh, one of Sony's first PR mistakes. Um, and, and, and I guess now, with the fact that Sony's won everything of all time purely on perception and, and a, a sales lead, according to Sony, um, I, I, I have to now put things in the PR box or in an actuality box. Uh, and Because once this leak got out, they probably should have done some announcements or done some, you know... Some some at least crowd control. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Don't give away the whole ship if you don't want. Like because supposedly they're 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 going to reveal their VR headset at GDC. Yeah, I got an idea. That's going to be like the Virtual Boy Two or the Move controller. Sony never fucking learns. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I guess maybe it'll support 3D. Maybe 3D will come back. But anyway, so, okay, so that's your... Glacinator is a Vita owner. Any of this appeal to you if they'll run on Vita? Oh, sure, I guess. (laughs) Is that price too high for a portable? 
Yeah. First of all, yeah. Uh, I, I like my Vita. How do I don't know how to say this? The Vita and I have a relationship. It's on the rocks. I was gonna say, is it a little bit? I, 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 I almost said abusive, and that would be incorrect and kind of mean. Is it? Is it a little bit of a dysfunctional relationship? Not dysfunctional, just more so. Uh, she sort of leaves. A lot, and then ah. comes back home without any, without anything. Gotcha. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go out and go get some food for you, Daniel." Like, okay, and then she comes back and she has like two Cheetos. And I'm like, "Well, that's not food." When I when I ordered you from China, you were supposed to come with a lot of food, and you, I only have two Cheetos, so. <laughs> I didn't think anybody could top some of the awkward shit I do, but there it is. Um, okay. That's an analogy from, lesson there. From hell. Don't know um, what it means, but... Well, well that, it's a choose-your-own-adventure audience. You figure it out. Because <laughs> um, I have no idea either. Uh, so, so essentially, for, for, the right pri- for an actual price point and it working. Well, that's the key. Yeah, the key is the working. Um... This is it's, it's streaming, right? Is it streaming to the Vita or is it? That's the that's supposedly. Okay, because if it's streaming to the Vita, my Vita so far has not had the best online compatibility. So if I have to have a constant stream for it to work, then I don't know if this is going to work at all. If it's like stream, download it. It's downloaded on your Vita. When you're done with it, it goes away. Then maybe, but I mean, if it's constant connection, I already can't do that with a 360 in my room. So I, if 360 can't do it, I don't know if Vita's going to be able to do it. Yeah, well, it's, it's streaming is constant connection because it, that's the key. John said, well, if it's like a Netflix subscri- subscription, I might be interested. And then John has, if I recall correctly, a 7 or 8 meg connection, so he'd probably be all right, hardwired. But that's the key. When you're watching a movie on Netflix... You're watching a movie that's running not game frame rates. <laughs> so streaming those kind of data packets is much easier than streaming Uncharted or Crisis <laughs> or whatever top-end title you'd like to name from the last generation and whatever else they add. I am still highly skeptical that this is going to work that well. On Live bit the dust. Gaikai only survived because Sony bought them. On Live is back again, but their current plan is so convoluted that even I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, So, uh, to me, price means nothing. I brought up the price because I have Sony product owners uh, sitting here with me, but to me... If it doesn't work well, it's going to be dead in two months because you can't you can't have you can't have loading when you're in the middle of a firefight or in the middle of swinging uh, from point A to point B. Um, thank you, phone. So I, I just that's more my concern, I think, with it. 
Yeah, it, it's got to. I mean, yeah, we've we said it before. It's got to work. If it doesn't work, it's dead. I think their five meg second connection is a little too hopeful. I I'm not convinced that that. I have a five meg a second wireless connection, and sometimes I get. What the hell does it say when Netflix is searching? Whatever that scrolly wheel is. Buffering. Buffering, yeah. When I I mean, on, on, on my hardwired connection, as we've talked about a hundred times before, I'm a spoiled rotten bastard. I've got plenty of megs to go. Plenty of megs. But and on my wireless, and this could answer your Vita question, it's about five megs a second. And sometimes, especially here in the back of the house, away from the modem router, I have to be in the right spot for Netflix to work consistently. So that 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 could be interesting. And and of course you have the backwards compatibility crowd um belly aching and warbling. And so we have this gonna kill him. We have this uh news from the escapist about what about a Wii U mod that allows you to play GameCube games. Except you better have a fucking engineering degree and a computer science degree to get this Wii U mod to work. John, as a semi-PC tinkerer, you can change that if you'd like, that's what I'm going to call you, and a Wii U owner, would you even begin to attempt this mod setup? Well, I have downloaded a GameCube uh, emulator called Dolphin for my PC, and I haven't gotten it to work yet, so I doubt it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I've, I, I have something that I, ha, I have something that plays GameCube games, and it's my my old Wii as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I got. But didn't this? I mean, Glazenander, you chime in. Did this strike you as? A rather convoluted workaround, even by today's. I'm by God going to do what I want with the hardware I bought. Standards. Hackers going to hack. Modders going to mod. So. I know. I know. But but didn't it seem a little bit? I think sometimes modders pride themselves the more convoluted their mod is. <laughs> Sadly, I think you're correct. Like. The only reason why this works is because I hacked the we use a uh, ventilation core shaft, which I then inserted the SD card in through <laughs> through a double USB side port, which is connected to a blender. The blender can only be activated when a dog shits directly into the Wii U port, directly below the console system. On a Sunday after 4 p.m. And then all the rest of the mining community is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Look at the technology you've created. I can't wait to mess up my own systems doing this. So, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's... Oh, go ahead. I, like, I can't wait for Nintendo to brick my system the next time it updates. That's what I was just going to say. Now, maybe it's because I'm old and old school. But homebrew used to be something you could do at home. So isn't the term homebrew channel kind of a misnomer in this? <laughs> a little bit. The, uh, the on the Wii, the homebrew channel, I think was uh, I heard was quite popular. Oh yeah, for, oh for big time meeting. when it yeah. first. They the the DS, PSP, and the original Wii had big time homebrews 
until I think DS Nintendo got it finally bricked to the point where even the most hardest of hardcore gave up. PSP, it survived for a while longer, and the Wii, I think it actually died, came back, and probably died again, but it's been so long now, I don't remember. Um, I mean, but the, you look at the first comment. Uh, uh, the, the guy's taking a quote from the story where basically they're covering their ass. The escape is just covering its ass from people pirating stuff. Um, but in this first idiot's comment, you need the. He, this is the his quote from the story. You'll need to have the homebrew channel installed on your system, which is already somewhat of a legal gray area. I don't see how running legal software, it's not, on hardware you legally bought is a gray area. Not all homebrew is emulation, especially on the Wii. I mean, this was, he's obviously a Wii homebrew. Here's the thing. Here's the thing to this dipshit and other dipshits. Fine. You're technically legal. You're in a gray area. Here's what I really don't want to hear, though. When it breaks your system and makes it a $500 fucking paperweight or a $300 fucking paperweight, shut up. That that has always been my problem with the homebrew crowd. When you make your system into a paperweight or into a doorstop, hey, you gambled. You know, if Vegas ran by the same rules some gamers seem to think software and hardware companies should run by, the place would be fucking broke. Because mm-hmm. because. When you take a risk, it's just like this video card that I had to send back. I ordered one that even in the good reviews said there might be a problem here and there, bad card here and there. I said, it's got a good enough good reviews. I'm going to order it. I'm going to take the gamble. And then guess what? The gamble didn't pay off. And instead of throwing a temper tantrum that I that, that this didn't do go my way, that didn't go my way, I just took a long, deep sigh, put the thing in its little coffin, Paid UPS to ship it back to the company, and hopefully I'll get a new one. <laughs> that works. That's called taking a risk. When you homebrew, when you mod, you're taking a risk of the company that made it, taking something that, yes, is legally yours, but it's also legally their right to brick the motherfucker. I mean, there, there was another guy here. I actually think... Uh, um. Oh, it's just more pirates. Well, there was one guy, the 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 pirate fucking clone toolheads have not have now clogged up the th- the comment thread. But one guy goes, "What the hell, dude?" He said, "I I was at a fucking yard sale last week where I saw a, a GameCube in good condition with like thirty games for twenty five bucks. That sounds like a fucking much easier option." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've I've seen a couple of yard sales too. I've just been too damn cheap to buy them because I I don't play the fucking systems. I got enough. I got now enough. <laughs> you know, I like keeping used hardware. I plan to keep my 360 after I get a PS4 or Xbox One. But <laughs> two generations back, my poor old PS2. I'm thinking about boxing it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I'll hang on to them, but because I want to. Um. You guys want to? You guys want to? Guys want a quick detour? Not the one that came up on Facebook. We're going to do this that next week. Um, the NPD numbers have been released for February and console sales. Um, retail sales across hardware, software, and accessories grew nine percent to around eight hundred eighty-seven million, 
over 810 million in February 2003 or 2013. Sorry, but here's the thing. Crappy drum roll, please. The Xbox One here in the U.S. only sold 258,000 units in February, while Sony, who is yet is yet to uh, they've yet to announce official PS4 sales. Yeah, uh huh. But the uh, what is it? Microsoft figure would indicate PS4 sales of approximately 286,000. That's the official companies that's the official npd won't tell anybody the numbers till they're fucking good and ready so they've sold thirty thousand more units hmm. doesn't sound like the hype bloodbath that i'm reading about everywhere i go or that sony's pouring gasoline and diesel and napalm onto every chance they get it's the the sales of the ps4s dropped off in japan too after three strong weeks oh really uh-huh I forget what the hell took it back over. It was a Nintendo product, probably the 3DS. Well, probably, yeah. Hmm, how about that? So, I mean, that, that my point in bringing that up, audience, is, is unless you're a hardcore fanboy one or the other, it's always good, especially the start of this generation, for whatever reason, to take the company, either Microsoft or Sony, although I've seen more Sony babbling, uh, with a grain of salt. Nah, scratch that. Try a dump truckload would be my guess. I'm still waiting for a year out, personally, when it comes to um, to to hardware sales numbers and who's actually winning the console wars, which I guess they get a piece of cow dung nailed to a particle board for winning. Because um, that's, re I mean, really, other than bragging rights and being able to puff their chest out, I don't see... The Aren't neither of them hurting financially from these devices, near as I can tell. No. Although there was an interesting article that at games, certain GameStop locations, Sony was definitely winning the war because the PSI was selling out and GameStop has raised the price of it a little bit. So so Sony's, Sony's uh, tactic of, of not including the I like Microsoft did with including Connect was definitely the much smarter financial. And it, the story was so shaky, and they were using words like s certain GameStop stores and certain this and certain that, and I couldn't find a price increase when I went to GameStop.com. That, 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 like I said, perception helps a lot, and it is reality. So Sony right now can do no wrong until they stick their foot in it, which maybe they won't do. Um... Other thing tonight, and this one, I don't, this just was like, oh, shit. Uh, the dude that plays Captain America, actor Chris Evans, is signed for six Marvel films. <laughs> did yeah. that? Woo! Yeah, did that? Yeah, was that you guys' reaction to? Uh, uh, woo! Moo! We're milking that motherfucker till it runs dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and job security. Well, I mean, we're speculating. We're going to be speculating at best, but given given movie studios and movie franchises' past histories of milking something until it was just completely dust, didn't that like worry you a little bit? Reading that headline, I mean, that's kind of what it did to me. Yeah, that they're going to milk it? No, no, mm -hmm. no, no. Just re reading the headline made you. It, 
fear they're yep that this is an indication they fully intend to milk it beyond all rational. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going all the way, whatever they can get. Well, okay, then what was your reaction to that headline? Then let's let's go that route. Uh, oh, it was the well, uh, uh, Chris Evans. Uh, you know, I'm Chris Evans, and I'm going to make sure that I am financially independent for the rest of my life by signing up with these basically going to you know guaranteed uh, <laughs> blockbusters. So, you know, I mean. You talk about someone being typecast. <laughs> he he is well accepting of being Captain America for the rest of his life. What was your reaction, Glace, if any? Movies of my children. God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, he's already been in two, three, though. See, that was the, Cap- uh, Captain that was... America and the defendants and the defending of the freedom of the nursing home. Yeah, but he. I, my initial reaction to the headline was, okay, this is a, a severe indication that Marvel's going to go too far and and turn fans the other way. When Marvel has pretty much been able to to make some damn good movies that were actually entertaining, minus fucking um, blind guy, Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, I would, I I, I would, I wouldn't even call it. I mean. All jokes aside, I wouldn't even call Daredevil a part of the modern, you know, superhero movie batch. Like that was that was riding the wave of how how popular Spider-Man was. That you know the the Tobey Maguire version. You know that was riding that wave. This is you know when they make another another Daredevil now, it'll be a whole different deal. I think. No, it'll be the same crap movie because it's a fucking blind guy who can see. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell you, and I think it makes you shiver in fear every time I say this. I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell you about Batman, that the that the uh, cheesy 60s version of Batman is part of the canon. Deal with it. Daredevil is part of Marvel's movie canon. I don't care when it came out. So I it's going to get taken into account, <laughs> into account by me because it's part of their movie lineage, and it was garbage. I, and I don't think there's a good way to make that movie. I mean, as much as I've had more fun than humanly possible bashing both Daredevil and Affleck in the last year, uh, it, he did the best he could with what they had. I'll give him that. Um, but it's like doing the best you can with a flaming pile of dog shit. I mean, there's only so many things you can do. Uh but here's the thing, though. Glacinator's reaction was kind of mine. I'm going to be watching these movies when I'm in a nursing home. But he's are but here's the thing, six movie deal, he's already done three. That's the other side of the coin. The original Captain America, Avengers, and now Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. So it's not six more, it's six. No, it's yes. Yeah, oh, okay, I, I misunderstood. Oh, okay. I'm I'm actually liking okay. the way this discussion is going because you guys had the same problem I did when I read it. I I you can scan through there real quick. I didn't see See, it just says Chris Evans signed, signed for six Marvel films. And so that, that you know, he's contracted to make a total. See, read the first line, you guys. <laughs> like I said, I did this to myself as well. Captain America actor Chris Evans has revealed that he's contracted to make a total, total of six Marvel movies. Well, by my count, he's already been in three. Yeah, I think you're right. 
yeah, I, I, mis- I misunderstood what, you, what, what, what I was saying. <laughs> which which I'm, I'm not using you guys as my comic foils. It just makes me feel slightly better about myself because my first reaction was Glacinators. You know, my, my great-grandchildren or, or not children are going to be watching this and I'll be drooling in an old folks' home. And then, <laughs> you know... Because that's the thing. I mean, we're reactionary. That's kind of the point of a lot of, of you know, the, this story and, and some of the other stuff we've talked about tonight. We're so reactionary, sometimes you miss the fact, the, the nuances, the detail. I mean, so what do you think now, Glace, that you know he's signed for six total and he's already done three? Just Mar- It just says Marvel movies. It doesn't say Captain America movies. It just says, yeah, six Marvel movies. Oh, that's not as bad. I what? was only assuming that there would be two more with him in it. But three? Uh, uh, but I guess th- they're doing a Captain America trilogy and then two more Avengers. Well, it, he has to play Captain America, doesn't yeah, he? I mean, yeah, he, he. Well, no, I'm asking this as a legitimate question. Let me, let me, let me finish it. Fans wouldn't buy him moving to some other kind of character, even if he had a mask or whatever, right? I mean, he is Captain America, quote unquote, until they're done with Cap or yeah. retcon it. Yeah, right now, I mean, I mean, granted, he was the Human Torch in the in the in the first Fantastic Four movie, but he was. Uh, he was, yeah. But uh, I actually sat through that, but I didn't. I didn't realize it was him. Oh yeah, it was him. And uh, you know. I, you won't you won't see him return to that. He has in in the original Captain America. I if I saw the first Avengers, I'd had a few beers and don't remember it. So my guesses would be I would I have not seen the first Avengers. Uh, in the in the first Captain America, one thing I I liked about it was he looked like your prototypical all American GI of World War Two. And so I thought, as far as look and appearance went, they nailed it with taking an ordinary, you know, skimpy kid and turning him into, you know, this quote-unquote super GI deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give the guy mad props. He lost the weight and gained it back to do that. That was not CGI. For the most part, that he actually lost that weight. Which yeah, I I, th- I think they did enhance him a little bit too. Yeah, they uh, did. But yeah, uh, I I I'd have to give. I don't know. It's a toss up between him and McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> as far as really pouring themselves, no pun actually intended, into a role, um, you know, to look the part. In, in both aspects. So so you're still a little leery about it, though, Glace. What about you, John, knowing he's done three and, and will be capped for three more total? Uh, it's not so bad. Cause I, I mean, I, Glace basically figured out what, what those movies are going to be. It's going to be uh, Cap 3, Avengers 2, and probably 3, and maybe he'll show up in another one. Well, I mean, I think, I think you guys, because let me see, the Avengers... Um, the Avengers did really well. Cap's done really well, depending on how Winter Soldier does. 
I, yeah, I think I think you're probably guaranteed a Cap three, an Avengers two, and then play it by ear, mm-hmm. depending on how those two do. Does that sound about right to both of you? Yeah, I think so. Blaze. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, he's 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 uh, it's it, it's kind of interesting actually. Now that I think about it, and this is the last thing we'll talk about, or the last thing I kind of want to talk about tonight, and we'll get the hell out of Dodge. Um. It's kind of interesting because Batman appears to be the only one that can switch actors in 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 a short order. You ever notice that? Yeah. Like Superman was the same Superman for a long time. Spider-Man was the same Spider-Man for a long time and there was a lot of people worrying when they switched from McGuire. Uh but Batman, Batman seems to be somebody new and different just about every couple films at least. Is that can can you guys give me a reason why that is being? Just traditionally, people are used to it. I think because they they started it with that way, or they start yeah. they started a yeah. movie franchise that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the example that I always go back to is like, how how are they going to pull off somebody else? Will be if they decide to do they want they want to do another another Iron Man with somebody else. Like how, how does that work without you know Danny Junior. Right. I, I, I think Iron Man ends when Downey doesn't want to do it anymore. We may have said, talked about that before on the show. I, I don't see how it. I don't see how it real how it goes on. I mean, they'll the they'll make it so money talks and everything else walks. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know, Glace. Do you do you, do you think it ends with Downey or do you think? Uh... It has to be a total crazy reboot if they wanted to. And they can't do a reboot for at least another 15 years. Oh, my goodness, yes. You're right. I mean... So, I don't It might be cool to see, uh, like, in my head, I imagine in, like, 30 years, like, we have, like, this cycle of superheroes, and we go back to, like, really liking the Adam West Batman sort of stuff. So we get, like, an Adam West, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. <laughs> He's like Scrooge McDuck with Donald Trump. <laughs> so that would be a hell of a that's cycle. My prediction. That a would be a hell of a superhero life. Well, John Favreau directed the Iron Man's, and and he was known for more comedies than anything. And I, in fact, I remember a couple web comics making funny of the fun of the fact that he was signed on as director. You know, like, is this going to be a buddy comedy <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that? You know, I I think Iron Man for me, and I don't watch them all. I don't keep up on them all as well as maybe as as I should. But I think Iron Man for me was the biggest surprise how well how much it took off. Yeah. And how massively it took off. Batman, eh, you know, it has its hits and its misses. It's going to be pretty hard for them to top the Nolan stuff with me, though. The the two Nolan Batmans, I I don't know. <laughs> be be well. I guess we'll have to see what happens with him and Man of Steel before. Yeah, yeah, they've got they've got some big uh, big goals to achieve with that. Ooh, one. could that could that could if Man of Steel goes as horribly wrong as everybody is bellyaching about, could that like ruin Batman as well as a standalone? 
We don't talk about that. Glexinator's a big-time Batman fan. I knew this was going to be dreading in dangerous water. (laughs) I'm going to guess by a deep sigh, and we don't talk about that, that it's possible. It's not Mm -hmm. remote. It's possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Happy place. Have a good day, Bruce. Happy happy place. Happy place. Happy place. Yeah, that thought just popped into my head while we've been having this discussion. It was like, hmm. If the Man of Steel 2 tanks, does that fucking take Batman with it? <laughs> I And I'm actually in Glacinator's camp. Not quite as bad, but I, I I really not like that to happen. Superman can go away and come back as somebody else with some other director. <laughs> Please don't destroy Batman while you're at it. Ooh, that's... The, I, I, don't, I don't think I've gotten that quite a hit cat hissing nails on chalkboard reaction out of the pair of you together at the same time in a long time i'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm i'm not necessarily proud of it but it, it's it's it, it's kind of awesome it's, it, it, i mean it's definitely a possibility oh I, yeah yeah i mean that's the scary thing about it i mean glacinator's reaction's fairly mild to what i can imagine the more most hardcore batman fans reaction would be um, but then again, like maybe the answer, if, if, if the Affleck version totally flubs it, maybe the answer is another reboot, right? Well, actually to, to, uh, to, to kind of smooth Glacinator's fears that you've got a built in scapegoat. If Man of Steel 2 tanks and Batman looks like shit in it, Affleck, <laughs> Affleck. Trying not to sound like the insurance duck. Um, I mean, th- honestly, I could see that happening. I could see even studios throwing him under the bus. I mean, how many times have Glacinator and I had been able to make fun of him over Daredevil? You know, if things go so horribly wrong with this movie that that they need some way to save Batman as a franchise, I could see Affleck's ass going under the bus multiple times. Oh yeah. Oh, along with what is it, Cavalier? Is that how you say the, the poor bastard playing something like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. Oh, can you imagine the internet? We to- uh, told you so's. If it happened, Oof. I think it'd be. Le- I think I'd probably find that entertaining for less time than I generally do the internet outrage and I told you so's. You know, because I've kind of, you know how you have a Geiger counter that tells you when things are too radioactive and you should back away or put on protective clothing of some type, you know, mm-hmm. say around the Chernobyl exclusion zone. I kind of have that meter built in for myself anymore when, when uh, nerd rage is getting too too close to going under my skin and actually bugging me personally. You know, I'm not just pointing and laughing anymore. I'm starting to get annoyed by it. <laughs> That one may go to, but that one may go to radioactive pretty quick because the there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people in Glacinator's camp fearing it badly, and there's a lot of people hoping it happens so that they can have their "I told you so" hour. <laughs> and if you've got some idea on what you think would happen to the Batman franchise, hey, we're done with the show for tonight. Oh shit! No, we're not. Gamer Dick, damn it! Show's gonna run a little longer. Sorry, John. Uh, the gamer dick is is actually pretty pretty simplistic, but it 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 it, it pissed me off. 
badly. Not rage quit pissed off, but just 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 defeated. I, I, I don't even want to call it pissed off, defeated. Okay, so I talked about earlier in Warm Online, I've moved to a new place. I've moved closer to where new players spawn in. So occasionally you have some thief, thief issues in that area. And I was playing one day when I'd been gone most of the day at work, done other things, just logged in for a few hours to or a couple hours to, to, to kind of kill off the day. And I'd been doing a bunch of different things. And so the one of the things I forgot to do is I built a I had built a wagon and brought it up there with me. Now wagons are a new feature and they are extremely difficult to make at certain skill levels, and so it was tough tough for me to make. Uh, I also had a bunch of storage rafts inside of them that, eh, while not difficult to make, it takes a while to collect something in the neighborhood of twenty of them, like I had in this wagon. So some point in that evening, in my tired state, I forgot to lock my wagon again and so the next day when i was actually on for a little longer i came up from the project i was working on wagons parked where i left it second time i came up wagons no longer parked where i left it now here's the interesting thing about this fucking game some douchebag stole my wagon off of property that i own in it in what's called a deed in the game simply because i did not put the padlock back on it they were able to hitch horses to it or whatever and get on it and drive the motherfucking thing off of property I own. Now, in a deed situation, you cannot touch anything else unless you are given permission. But carts or wagons, hey, have at it. And so I'm half pissed at the game developers because they don't change these rules that when you're on your controlled property, they can't do that. And I'm, I'm really pissed at the thief. Now, here's the problem. Because I didn't have it locked by how the game community and the, the developers, to a certain extent, view it, it's my fault. I'm 100% in the wrong, and even if I caught the guy, I would have a hell of a time getting the thing back. So I had lost probably a good three or four hours worth of work in-game due to one momentary lapse in judgment. And, and and like I told somebody in the damn game, if I had been in a place that's like known as the wilds, where it's it's just there and anything that's laying on the ground you could pick up, okay, fair enough. I was a bonehead guy, got away with my stuff. But I was on my in my own village. It was parked in my village, and the guy was still able to take away with get away with it. So I don't have any idea who it was because I never saw it happen and neither did a couple other people that are friends of mine that were in the general vicinity so the dude that stole the wagon is a dick because it takes players a long time to build things like that and so taking it away from them in some cases can basically destroy the game for them it won't for me um i don't get mad especially in that game i just get even uh, and my uh, and the other gamer dick is the devs for not changing the rules for that specific thing. It's it's a little ridiculous in the situ in the way it happened to me uh, that it can happen given how the rest of it is governed. So, Worm Online devs are 50% dicks, and the dick that stole my wagon is 100% dick. So there you go, gamer dick has returned. And I was. I wasn't really so much pissed off as I was defeated. Because when you put that much time and effort into something in a video game to have some douche canoe te team come by and just swipe it because they can, it fucking annoys the shit out of me. Oh, it, it sucks, man. 
I, like I said, I, I mean, there, I was at fault as well because I did not do one of the things you're supposed to do. But but it's just the overall general sense that you get that the victim is treated more like a criminal than the actual criminal that that, that gets really old after a while, a, a, you know. And, and fair enough, I made a mistake. I will correct it. Actually, probably by a couple hours Saturday morning, it'll be corrected. It's half corrected now, <laughs> as far as replacing <laughs> what I lost. Uh, but that's enough podcast for the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we have a ton of ways you can do that. First off is our Facebook. Shoot us a friend request. We will get you in, unless you're an obvious bot or spammer. Um, we have a website. It's wonderpotonline.com, all one word, wonderpotonline.com. Uh, there you can read actually my fiction story based on Worm Online. Patman has got some videos on there. One of Project Spark. I think here in either I would say before the weekend he's going to have a couple up of Titanfall. Um, and we have wrestling reviews from time to time. Gunsage posts occasionally. And let's see what I did. Wonder Pod Online. Um, oh, and I posted a podcast there. And there's an embedded player that you can use instead of downloading mp3s if you'd like uh but if you want to download mp3s we're on itunes like everybody else just search WonderPod. you don't like itunes we're on archive.org youtube channels we got a ton of youtube channels i got a youtube channel or i got a uh video of my old worm online village <laughs> uh on my youtube channel pat's 36Wii YouTube channel. He's got a shit ton of stuff from his Xbox One. Glacinator's YouTube channel with some of his animations and all that fun stuff. Uh, we got a Twitter account. It's at WonderPodOnline. All one word, at WonderPodOnline. And if none of that works for you, I got an email address. It's WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. WonderPod at WonderPodOnline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter at John Keough, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Oh, also, using the last name McGee was probably a mistake in this respect. I would have to add, like, half of half of the known numbers to exist to get my name on Twitter so it's staying Orgem. <laughs> Until episode 199, I am Bruce McGee, and I am freaking out of here. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>